From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrin. Thanks for inviting me into your home, your long-haul truck, your camper, RV, taxi cab, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zuma Radio, AM 740, 96.7 FM, here in Toronto, our affiliates, of course, uh, the podcast, those of you listening to our podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn.com, TalkZone.com. Also, though, uh, those of you listening in on the Zoomer uh, app and uh, the Conspiracy Show app, both of them, those are free downloads. Uh, I just want to thank Moses Neimer and John Van Driel uh, here at Zoomer Radio uh, for their uh, continued support. And, of course, Chris Whitting, Randy Meyer, and the whole team at Syndication Network uh, for their continued unwavering support, uh, their enthusiasm and hard work. Uh, and all of you, welcome to our final show of 2015. Happy New Year. Uh, Just a reminder uh, that we are not streaming live on YouTube tonight. No HOA, but we will continue with the live streams next week, which will be our first program of 2016. I also uh, want to remind my uh, dear American listeners that the first three seasons of my television program, The Conspiracy Show, are now available on Hulu and also on Amazon.com. Uh, Arnold Beiser is standing by on the phone from his home in Asheville, North Carolina, to discuss Bible codes, biblical prophecy, and warnings, he says, come to him straight from the big guy upstairs uh, regarding future terror attacks in America. Now, I first met Arnold back in, I believe it was 2011, during production of season one of uh, the TV program. We were producing an episode on Bible codes. Now, I happen to believe in uh, Bible codes. I believe they are real. I think there are truly uh, encoded messages in the Bible. And I think the Bible has incredible supernatural powers. And it is uh, the Word of God. And after producing that episode on Bible codes, my uh, belief in Bible codes were strengthened even more. Uh, I saw some things that I just simply, um, you know, cannot explain, other than the Bible is authored by um, some entity that exists outside of space and time. That's the only explanation. Uh, anyway, Arnold has uncovered some truly remarkable information encoded in certain passages in the Old Testament, and some of those we will cover over the next 45 minutes or so. Arnold L. Beiser is a trial attorney and president of Let Freedom Ring, a non-profit 501c3 organization dedicated to the cause of freedom. He works with POWMIA families in publicizing the plight of America's missing servicemen. Arnold is an author, Bible code researcher, and evangelist. If You Don't Ask, You Will Never Know is his first book containing biblical, historical, and revelation knowledge, much of which has never been before documented. A second book, titled Let My People Go, reveals the truth about hundreds of American prisoners of war abandoned by their government and left behind alive in captivity after the Vietnam War. Arnold uses Bible code research and other new and rare historical evidence to show conclusively that U.S. servicemen last known alive in captivity in Southeast Asia may still survive. Uh, The most recent book by Arnold, Saved by the Bell, 
released in 2015, is a biographical picture book about world heavyweight boxing champion Muhammad Ali fighting for the cause of freedom for American POWs. It tells an amazing story in 12 exciting rounds or chapters and exposes many previously untold truths, never-before-published photos of the champ taken by Arnold himself. And new entertaining stories about Ali are included together with an exclusive bonus DVD that chronicles for the first time on video the champ's historic visit to Vietnam. A special collector's edition is available in hard copy and an e-book version has just been made available uh, to fans. Arnold is also a music producer, promoter, former manager of the late great singer-songwriter John Whitehead of Philadelphia, who received three Grammy nominations and is famous for numerous hit songs like Ain't No Stoppin' Us Now, Wake Up Everybody, and Backstabbers. Arnold also is an executive producer and promoter of songs for Rita, Israel's queen of song, whose new English language album Heaven Sent is being released in 2015. Arnold Beiser, welcome to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm great. Thanks uh, for for putting me on the show, and I'm looking forward to... uh a nice discussion. Likewise, and it's been a few years. We had you on the uh, the TV show. We did an episode on Bible codes. Uh, 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 oh gosh, it's been nearly five years, I think. And then we did a radio show together. I was actually in Pahrump, Nevada. We did the show remotely, and uh, you came on. And, and um, so great to have you back. What have you been up to since we talked last? Well, I've been uh, writing books and. Um doing more research on Bible prophecy, and uh, uh, that keeps me pretty busy. Well, <laughs> a lot wh- of material there. Where, where, did it, where did your research begin when it comes to Bible codes? How did you get into this? Um, actually, um, I did a lot of research back in the 80s uh, on, on the Bible itself and Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I wrote the book, If You Don't Ask, You'll Never Know, and all of the material, it's 515 pages. Yes, of, uh, I've got it right in front of caref- me here. <laughs> yeah, carefully documented it and uh, authenticated information from history as well as Bible Bible history. And um, the Bible code is your specific question. When I got into that, um, can actually recall, but I know it was way back when, and uh, I came across... Um, an advertisement for Bible Code, and I bought the uh, program, and it was a CD at the time. And I got into it, and I started researching, and I would find things in the Bible um, uh, coded supernaturally where I would expect to find them, um, but giving more information than actually is in the page of the Bible. And so I figured that would be a very useful tool for um, proving that the Bible is true and that the prophecies, um, particularly of the end times, are uh, valid. So then I decided um, if I could use it for that purpose, perhaps I could find information in the Bible, uh, using the Bible code on the prisoners of war and missing in action from Vietnam, which was uh, an interest of mine. And... Um, as you may know, I, I took Muhammad Ali and many of the, uh, well, some of the family members of missing uh, people uh, from the Vietnam War that were known to have last been alive, captured alive, and were in captivity, but never returned home. And we went to Vietnam. I sponsored a trip through my Let Freedom Ring nonprofit organization. And we even did a, a concert before then 
in Philadelphia at the prestigious uh, uh, Philadelphia Academy of Music. And Muhammad Ali came and many other great American boxers like Jake LaMotta. And uh, he had a part in the show. And we had a lady from Israel, a great singer named Rita. Um, that's how she's known by one name over there, most famous person perhaps in Israel, not just singer. And so the Bible code I got interested in and I researched and I would find search terms um, in the Bible about the names of POWs that were missing, like Albro Lundy, who was shot down in Viet in Laos, and and David Hurdlicka, a famous POW. And I'd find his name and I'd find pilot and American and prison and Laos and, and uh, <clears throat> all of these search terms. And I ended up writing a book called uh, Let My People Go. It was a short book, and now it's available on um, e-books. So that's how I got into the Bible Code. It's just a miraculous tool that doesn't predict the future. It actually predicts uh, that it, it actually shows that the Bible is true and gives you clues um, as to uh, some of the mysteries in the Bible. Right, and we will come around to d discussing again the, the, the POWs and um, Muhammad Ali's involvement in that and your book Saved by the Bell, which is uh, uh, sitting right in front of me as well. Um, now, the, the letter that you sent to, uh, I can't remember whether it was the FBI or the CIA, you discovered, I believe, a, a code in the Bible which you believe... Um, was was pointing at the 9-11 attacks, correct? Uh, no, I actually had nothing to do with the Bible code. Oh. <clears throat> that, that was my <clears throat> first prophecy, you might say. Um, the way it happened is um, I was writing articles from my Sword of the Lord Messianic uh, Ministry newsletter, and that was back in 1990. <clears throat> and my first newsletter was Volume 1 and Number 1, naturally, and um, one of the things I decided to do, including articles about um, the Lost Tribes of Israel and other things I included in that particular issue, which was one of several news newsletters, but that was the first, <clears throat> was one that had to do with uh, my uh, view of America and the, and the, the political environment and, and, the, and the religious uh, situation in the country and how uh, our country's moral fabric was declining and deteriorating. And um, I just felt that we were on a downhill um, uh, trajectory as a nation. And if we didn't straighten out, that we'd find ourselves in uh, serious problems um, because we weren't, uh, at that time, and even now it's worse, um, they've taken God out of the schools, out of the public places, the Ten Commandments have been removed from many public places uh, by the ACLU and other uh, left-wing organizations <clears throat> uh, by lawsuits. And way back then, in 1990, I just got the idea to write an article um, as sort of a warning. And the way I decided to do it, it just came to me. It was like, <clears throat> you know, an inspiration, um, <clears throat> is that I happened to find a book, and I have it in my hand here. It's called... Uh, Leonard Maltin, M-A-L-T-I-N-S, possibly yes. The film uh, reviewer. Movie. Yeah, the film yeah, reviewer. Yeah. yeah, he's a famous person. He's written a couple of books, many books, but he chronicles different movies, uh, movies and videos. It's a guidebook. It's like gigantic, two inches thick. And this one was published in, um, I still have it. It's pretty good condition. 
It was copyrighted in originally 1969 and then updated all the way through 1988. So I must have had the 1988 version. So what I did is I decided I was going to pick movie titles from this particular book. It had the movie titles and descriptions in the book. And I picked movie titles that I thought would have an application for the situation, the deteriorating um, you know, moral decline of the nation. And I just picked a bunch of movie titles, and I made a list of them. And then I had to sort of put it together like a puzzle. It wasn't easy to do at all. It was, you know, I don't know why I ever thought of doing it, but I did it. And I, as long as I started it, I thought I would go on and finish it. And I, I wrote a, uh, an article, not a long one, but it basically was called Beginning of the End. And that was the movie title. So what I did is I capitalized all the new the movie titles in, in, in the uppercase capital letters and um, bold, bold print. And then I wrote the article. And when I finished, um, you know, I read it and I thought it was pretty good. And I could read it to you because I think it's, it's very important, uh, you know, even for now, nowadays, because nothing's changed. It's only gotten worse. Right. And I... Gave a warning. I gave, gave a warning. My objective was to give a warning. Unless things change by, you know, a certain time, um, and I had no time in mind, but I, I just said by a certain, you know, point in our history, we were going to lose our nation and we were going to undergo, um, I would say, uh, punishment by the Lord. All right. Since it was a, you know, my, my ministry was about the Lord and, and um, Bible prophecy. So I wrote the article, and I finished it, and years later, um, I really didn't pay much attention to it. I just thought it was a pretty cool article. And then a friend of mine um, who was visiting me in Florida, who has his own radio talk show, is, uh, he's a talk show host, does interviews like you do. His name is Rhett Palmer, and he's called Radio Rhett, R-H-E-T-T. He's interviewed a lot of interesting people, and I've been on his show once. And he was a friend from years ago, and when I was in Connecticut, I knew him. So I'm getting to the point. Um, uh, Rhett was in my house, and then I decided I'll give him a cassette tape, because in 1990 I made a cassette tape. And on one side I had this lady from Israel, her, her music, Rita. Right. And uh, on the other side, side B of the cassette, which goes into the car radio, you know, in those days, um, was a, a, a title called Messages of the Lord. And I didn't even remember that the message I, one of the messages I put on there was this particular message that I had in my first newsletter. So he's on his way back, back to Vero Beach, and he's listening to my tape. He was supposed to listen to the music on side A, and accidentally it played side B. And he calls me from the car on his car phone, and he, or his, then at that time I think they had uh, handheld phones. You know, I wasn't a car phone through the, through the car system. And he said, Arnie, you predicted 9-11. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, you predicted 9-11. I said, well, when, when, you know? And he said, it's in, on this messages cassette. I said, I don't remember that. Wow. You know, because this was 10, 10, 12 years later. Arnold, let me, let me just jump in here. i got to take a quick time out. We'll get to the, uh, the punchline, I suppose, if you will, uh, yeah. right after the break. Arnold Beiser okay. is with us. If you don't ask, you will never know. Saved by the bell and let my people go. Back with more of our conversation right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. 
We're back with Arnold Beiser. We're talking biblical prophecy, Bible coat. Okay, so your your friend Rhett plays the uh, the cassette tape and uh, says, "I was listening to your uh, your uh, your prophecy, and you predicted 9/11. And now, what year was this?" Uh, well, I predicted it in 1990. Right, but when he's um, listening, but, but he must have listened to it. Um, well, when I was still in Florida, so had to be um, you know 2000. Something like that, maybe 2004, and around that time, maybe. Well, obviously, after you know? 2000, so it's between 2001 and 2004. Okay, so yeah. what did he hear that, that tipped him well, off? What he heard was the last paragraph, but I, I need to read the whole thing before you get to the last paragraph for the, for the effect of it. And then I realized when I reread my message, you know, of course, I didn't know what terms, the terms I was picking, I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. You know, in, in 2001. One of the movie titles I picked, I arbitrarily picked, was 2001, Space Odyssey. Uh And I figured I'll use that as the deadline for if we don't change. Because I wrote it in 1990, and I figured 11 years from then, there's plenty of time to change. We had to change as a nation, or we find ourselves uh, in a dilemma 2001, by 2001. So I just picked that, that year, arbitrarily. Of course, I don't know, know too many movies that you know have a year. Right, there, right. Their movie title, but I, so I picked that title. Okay, so let me read the article, and the, the title of the article is "Beginning of the End," because that, that's what I said was going to happen to America if we didn't change our ways. So it's a movie title. Right. Beginning of the end. You'll recognize, by the way, a lot of these movie titles. You know that were in the book of, of, Ed, of Leonard Maltin back in 1988 and before then. So right. here we go. We are on a rocky road. Our heroes are no longer God and Moses, but Rambo, Batman and Robin. Dirty Harry is in hot pursuit. Mm. We no longer reverence the Ten Commandments of Mount Sinai. They're over the hill. Over the Hill wasn't a movie when I wrote this in 1990, but two years later, in 1992, it was made into a movie. So there is a movie title called Over the Hill. Okay. And I didn't even know. Okay, going on. Instead of going to church... On the Sabbath, we wait in line for a fistful of dollars. Rather than worshiping Father God, we pay our respects to Godfather. Mm. We marvel at the Terminator and have forgotten our Creator. The only time that we call on God is when we find ourselves with no way out (laughs) and in need of deliverance. Mm. We're too busy working from nine to five. We are certainly a confused bunch. Everyone's going bananas. And as in one flew over the cuckoo's nest, like Arthur, we are all searching for the perfect ten and the right stuff, but we are looking in the wrong place. Mm. An absence of malice has been overcome by the evil that men do. The Pepsi generation has become the defiant ones. Wrong is right. Corruption and violence are plastered all over the silver screen from Wall Street to Nightmare on Elm Street. Friday the 13th has become more exciting than Good Friday. It seems as if we all have a death wish. Sex in the cinema has become an obsession. Body heat is what generates the color of money. Concerning our sexual preferences, they have changed drastically. Love story is the thing of the past. Instead of looking for love, we're looking for Mr. Goodbar. Hmm. Romeo and Juliet are out the window, off the balcony. And Cinderella has been left at home by the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hmm. When Harry met Sally, there was a fatal attraction. All the while, 
Bob and Ted, Carol and Alice were fooling around. At the same time, the graduate was experimenting with everything you always wanted to know about sex, but were afraid to ask. Now you just have to ask Dr. Ruth. My favorite wife has been left for the lady in red. Going home means going to the animal house or house of 1,000 pleasures. 20,000 leagues under the sea has been displaced by the deep and the abyss, while Moby Dick has been entangled by octopussy. The boys next door have been seduced by the boys in the band. Concerning entertainment for the family, a family affair has been superseded by the first affair. Donald Duck waddles out of the way for Howard the Duck, while Roger Rabbit has been fixed by Spuds McKenzie and Hooch. Flipper has been swallowed up by Jaws. Superman streaks by Peter Pan, and Robin and the Hoods take the place of Robin Hood. The three musketeers are sacked by the barbarians. Roy Rogers and Gene Autry are lassoed by the Midnight Cowboy. The Great Escape is thwarted by the Beverly Hills Cop. Shirley Temple is prostrated by the Temple of Doom. And in place of Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, we watch Dirty Dancing. Sex and the single girl has led to abortion on demand and altered God's plan for parenthood. Where will it all end? This is risky business. We're all in for a rude awakening unless we have a change of heart. If we don't straighten out by the year 2001, we'll surely be at ground zero when the wrath of God blows us from here to eternity. In the heat of the night, we'll find ourselves gone with the wind. Our cities will be like the towering inferno, and a great earthquake will bury us. The fireball will consume the green grass of Wyoming. It will also seem like a grim fairy tale. Oh, God, for heaven's sake, heaven help us, the end. Wow. So that, that's it. And all of those are movie titles. Oh, God is a movie title. Sure, with yeah. George, you, were even worked in a, you even worked in a couple of Woody Allen films. <laughs> yeah, for heaven's sake, heaven help us, the end is a movie, you know. Sure. So the whole thing kind of fit together. And then I realized when Rhett called me, I reread it, and there I had I had we don't straighten out by the year 2001. Right. So that's even before that. I had we're all in for a rude awakening. Ground well, zero. You mentioned ground zero. You mentioned towering inferno. Those... Yeah, yeah. Well, rude awakening um, is we. It all happened in the morning, early morning hours of uh, of September 11th. At, at, you know, the, the, just about the beginning of business. That's right. So it was a rude awakening, and. Um, and it happened, it was the wrath of God that said that it would be a 2001, we'll be at ground zero. I didn't know what ground zero was when I wrote that. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And uh, when the wrath of God blows us from here to eternity, in the heat of the night, we'll find ourselves gone with the wind. That's what happened to the buildings. They were gone on the wind. Sure. Like dust. And our cities will be like the towering inferno. And that movie was all about skyscrapers, and I think San Francisco, that were in an earthquake, and the firemen were trying to get into the building to rescue people, just like on 9-11. That's right. Arnold Beiser is with us, Saved by the Bell. If you don't ask, you'll never, you will never know, and let my people go. Uh, I wanted to, to um, uh, go back to Bible codes for a moment, and um, which, um, which system or, or Bible code uh, system are you particularly interested in? Is it the the um, the skip the skip letter sequences or is there? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the um, equidistant letter spacing skip sequence, and um, basically what you do. And I haven't used it in a long time because I haven't had a 
a need to go into that. I've been doing other things. But <clears throat> what you do is, with a computer, you can uh, um, put a search term in. And, and, and I know Hebrew, so so you put a search ter- term in, or an English word, but you use Hebrew letters, the same equivalent letters that sound like like um, the Hebrew letters, but they sound like English. Right. See? So if you're looking for... Um, uh, a name like David Herdlicka, his last name is Herdlicka. You find the Hebrew letters that correspond to H R D L I C K A, right? And you put it in, and then you show you you put that term in, and you pick the the, the you know the um, place in the Bible. It'll search the whole Bible, the whole right. Old Testament rather, and it, it'll come back with every place in the Bible where that that word comes up. <clears throat> and and what it is is the the letters aren't right next to each other. They might be spaced apart by um, say it could be 22 letters, it could be 49. The smaller the sequence, the better it, the better it is uh, in terms of reliability. Well, they're all reliable because they're all there. Right. Uh, but uh, I was able to find so many different uh, you know examples. I'll give you one example if you'd like. Yes. <clears throat> in the Bible, in the Bible, it says, "Who called the righteous man from the east?" The Lord says. It doesn't give his name. But I knew what it was all about. I knew that the righteous man from the east was the prophet Jeremiah, who was being called by the Lord. He was given a mission in Jeremiah chapter uh, 1, and the mission was to root out the old evil kingdoms of Israel and Judah and uh, rip them up by the roots like a a degenerate plant and then to remove them and then um, replant them elsewhere. All right? It was punishment on the nations, the two nation separate kingdoms, for turning their backs on God and worshiping false gods. All right, so Jeremiah had a mission, and he was called uh, and disappeared from the pages of the Bible, and nobody knows where he went. Every other prophet, you know, he died, and here he was buried here, or he was buried there. You know, Isaiah was cut in two, sawed in half, uh, you know, by his enemies, um, and uh, different prophets died in different ways and were buried. But Jeremiah disappeared from the Bible, the pages of the Bible. Nobody knows what happened from him, to him. But so when I searched, I knew I knew where it would be, and I knew it was referring to Jeremiah, um, that particular scripture, who called the righteous man from the east and basically gave him his mission. And I knew it would be Jeremiah. When I searched, I found it, and it was Jeremiah recorded in Hebrew right in that scripture. And and the, the skip letter... Uh, sequences. It's always consistent, right? It's always, uh, for example, it's let's say it's the 22 letters apart. So it's always going to be. Tw- it's not going to be 22 and then three. It's not random. It's always no, no. consistent. What it means, Richard, is if you're looking for Jesus's name in Hebrew in the Bible in the Old Testament, it is there. But his name is in Hebrew. He didn't have an English name. Right, right. You know, at the time. His name was Yeshua. Right. So it would be Yad, Shin, uh, Vav for O, and then uh, Ayan, all right? For, so it's Yeshua, all right? So what you would do is you put in the search for that, that name, and uh, every seven, seven spaces, let's say if the code was seven, uh, you'd find the Yad, which is the first letter. Then you would find the S sound letter, seven spaces from that letter, mm. either, it could be either in the direction to the left or the right, in the actual paragraph where it, it, it appears. Right. So then you would search for the next Yeshu, uh, it would be, you look for the, the O, which is above, 
That's a letter in Hebrew. And you, that would be seven letters from the S letter. And then, and then the ayin would be, uh, that's the last letter in his name, uh, the us sound, Yeshua. That would be found seven letters from the, uh, next, the previous letter. So they're all seven letters apart. But then you could find it somewhere else. You might find it somewhere else in the Bible. His name is in many places in the Bible. You would find it coded uh, with a different different skip code, say 22, every 22 letters right. apart. Right. See, and the, it was, as we'll discuss, we're, we're heading into a break, but as we'll discuss, it's not just put it anywhere in the Bible. Uh, for example, I believe it's in Genesis where the actual text of the Bible is talking about you know, the trees, God creating the trees and so forth, and then encoded in those specific verses are all the names of the trees to be found in that region, which is which is incredible. Exactly. We'll, we'll take a time out. We'll come back and continue to discuss uh, biblical prophecy, okay. Bible codes with Arnold Weiser, right here on The Conspiracy Show. <laughs> Don't go away. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. We're back with Arnold Beiser, Bible Codes. All right, so I was mentioned, I gave the example how uh, uh, certain words, names are encoded in the Bible, but in very uh, specific uh, places that uh, if, for example, um, uh, Genesis, where uh, in the text, the actual text, it's talking about God creating the trees. And then if you look in, using the, um, the skip sequencing, letter skip sequencing, uh, you will actually find all the names of the trees encoded in those verses, which is quite remarkable. Can you give me a, a few other examples of that? Well, <clears throat> I don't have all my Bible code uh, uh, materials available because I thought we were going to be talking more about terror on the land uh, for the subject matter of this, this interview. We will get into that, yes. <clears throat> but, but I can give you one off the top of my head uh, that is um, uh, Jesus' name in Hebrew is coded uh, supernaturally in the chapter, which is 53, that's the suffering servant chapter that deals with um, um, it's in the Old Testament and it doesn't mention Jesus name in the script but it mentions that he, um, he he was not well he was crucified and basically describes the crucifixion and that he was whipped for our transgressions um, our, our transgressions were put upon him and um, and all the whole chapter that Isaiah wrote in advance before Jesus was uh, appeared, you know, in his um, time on earth, um, is actually prophesied in that in that particular scripture and coded. And I don't know the code. The code. I don't remember that particular code uh, sequence uh, in terms of the number, but it is in that that chapter, and it says Yeshua. Not only Yeshua is coded there, his name, uh, Jesus in Hebrew, Yeshua, but Yeshua Shami at the same equidistant letter code. So after you finish his name, every so many letters uh, continue on with that same code, say it's seven. You'll, it'll spell the next word, Shami in Hebrew, which is to get taken with Yeshua. Yeshua Shami means Jesus is my name. So not only does it say his name there, it says, Jesus is my name, and that's what Isaiah was referring to me in this chapter. 
and and <clears throat> with, with the POWs, the names of the POWs, and this is years after the end of the Vietnam War, and they were left behind, and it was denied that there were any POWs left behind by people like Senator McCain and Senator Kerry, and uh, there's some disparaging things uh, said to the, uh, uh, the POW families who wanted a hearing and so forth, and you found their names, these POWs. Where, whereabouts were they? What, what book of the Bible were their names found? Oh, most of them I found in the book of Exodus, which deals with, since we're talking about prisoners of war, they're captives, C-A-P-T-I-V-E-S. Right, They're right. captives held captive by the Egyptians, all right? And they were in captivity for 400 years, and eventually they were set free from bondage uh, by Moses, all right? So I figured they would be in the book of Exodus. And sure enough, I found most of these codes uh, in the book of Exodus uh, at different skip codes, distances. And I can try to leaf through here and give you some of the, the terms I searched and what came up there. All right? Because I have the Bible code here. I, mean, I have this book open. Um, in other words, I had information and, and the family, family members knew that uh, David Herdlicka was seen in a cave in Laos in captivity, uh, along with another POW, by a Russian um, uh, correspondent who was, of course, the Russians were there at the same time right, uh, right. As, as sort of giving advisors, advisors to the North Vietnamese. So this Russian Pravda uh, reporter was there interviewing uh, with, with this, the Laotian and South, South Vietnamese, I mean North Vietnamese, uh, putting this POW and his uh, friend, who was also a POW, on display uh, for the media. And that was after David Herdlicker was shot down and declared dead by the Department of Defense, saying that he never survived, when in fact Ivan Loboda, who was that, that Pravda uh, journalist, I interviewed him in Jerusalem. I was there. He emigrated from Russia to Jerusalem to live with his daughter for the rest of his elderly life. And I interviewed him, and he gave us a letter saying that he saw David Herdlick and he was alive, and David Herdlick's name was then put back on the list of last known alive. So he was in a cave, and so I looked up the word cave uh, in Hebrew, and I found it. I found it in the Exodus uh, and the, the passages that dealt with uh, um, prisoners. Wow, okay. very, also, very appropriate. Also, I found prisons, uh, prisoner, um, let's see, um, Laos. I found Laos all in the same area in Exodus. Uh, imprisonment, um, let's see, um, alive. So they were still alive. I found wow. the word alive. There. That's remarkable. Um, Listen. Arnold, I got to take another time out. Uh, forgive me. We'll, okay. we'll come back, and I do want to talk about your latest warning to the FBI, uh, your latest terror warning. Back with more of my conversation with Arnie Beiner, Beiser, sorry, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Loose lips sink ships, and sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at four one six three six zero zero seven forty, or toll free at one eight six six seven forty. 740. Welcome back. Arnold Beiser is with us. We're talking biblical prophecy, Bible codes, and uh, I believe it was uh, in November, uh, middle of November of this year, you sent out a terror warning to the FBI. And 
what was the information you received and how? The way that happened is um, I had received messages before from the Lord in response to my prayers. God hears prayer. The Bible says that, and it's true, all right, because my prayers get answered in detail. And I'm not the only one, of course, but uh, um, the Lord talks to me in different ways. Uh, and he, and uh, I have a friend, actually a couple of friends, ladies, friends of mine, uh, Francis and Sharon, who, who, when I pray, they get the messages. They get messages from the Lord and audibly hear the answers to my prayers, and then they write them down called in writings, and they give them to me. Well, I had received messages before about different things and different things that I was working on, and as long as I was getting answers from the Lord, I thought, well, why not ask the Lord uh, where the next terrorist attack was going to be on America, all right? And um, because then I could give a warning uh, to the proper authorities to try to avert the uh, terror on the land. And so just giving you a little history before this most recent um, uh, message, we, I had prayed about the, the terror attack, and that was in 2004. Right. And August 2004, and the Lord gave us an, a detailed message in two, August of 2004 about a terror attack uh, that was going to happen on the airports. And they, at the time, the terrorists were, were that was Al-Qaeda, and they were, they were bragging about uh, they were going to attack tall skyscrapers like the Sears Tower in Chicago, because they already had already attacked uh, the World Trade Center. So they were concentrating on big buildings and figuring that would be a good uh, um, tragedy to try to cause upon America more big buildings destroyed with lots of people in them. And actually, at the same time, they were really planning to attack airplanes and hijack them and blow them up. And they want, and the Lord said they wanted to throw us a curve and, and let us think they were plotting to, to attack the buildings, the tall towers, when actually they were planning to hijack airplanes to throw us off so our security wouldn't be um, looking in that direction. And the Lord gave us a detailed uh, warning telling where the terrorists were coming from, from Canada, down to Canada, the border, back into America, that we, they would be coming from there, that they planned to attack not only Heathrow Airport in uh, London, but also LAX in Los Angeles, and that they were going to hijack planes. And, by the way, this happened. They, they thwarted that uh, terror attack. They caught them all. And I believe it's because of our message, because it was so detailed, and it told to, to, to first of all, infiltrate the mosques, because that's where they were planning, and uh, to send undercover um, agents into the mosques um, and to uh, infiltrate the terrorist plan, all right? Um, they also said that the, the terrorists are planning to use mechanics, baggage handlers, and the people that bring the food uh, and the concessions onto the plane. And they were going to smuggle them in in uh, certain containers. And he told, the Lord gave us the details of the type of explosives that they were going to use, uh, and that it would be very difficult to try to, uh, for scanners, uh, airport scanners, and the technology we had to, to be able to, to uh, find these devices. Therefore, he gave us the ingredients and details of what they were smuggling on and how they were going to do it. And he said not to be make, make it public 
and we didn't, and, and we gave the information, I did, uh, to the um, Department of Homeland Security. Tom Rich was then the uh, director of Homeland Security. Right, Sent right. him an email with all the documentation. Um, and, uh, oh, by the way, they weren't going to blow the planes up in the air. They were going to hijack them on the ground at the terminals and blow them up uh, at the terminals to cause the greatest amount of destruction, not just to the people on board the plane, but to the people in the terminals. So this was, because at, plane, again, Heathrow and LAX. Yes, and nobody knew, that, nobody knew this and still has never been released that the planes were not going to be hijacked in the air. They're going to be hijacked on the ground because the planes will be full of fuel and they would blow up and there would be tremendous damage to the terminals as well as to the people inside as well as to the uh, um, people on board. So and again, you received, and you received this message in August 2004. Yes. And the actual, and August, the actual plot yeah. was uncovered two years later. Two years later to the mm. date uh, in August 2006, they caught every single one of them. The London police pretty much caught them because they were, they were focusing in on the Heathrow end of the, of the plot. But they were, gonna, they were trying to attack the planes at, at different terminals, not just LAX and um, um, Heathrow. Heathrow, but other, other, new, other American cities, and they were named. Um, and they caught them all, every single one of them. There's no way they could have caught them or known about this unless they had this information in advance. And you were actually given the ingredients that were going into the explosive, and did that turn out to be correct as well? Well, they never divulged they won't. the ingredients. No, of course what not. they did say is they said they were liquids. All right. All right? And if you'll remember, all the, the uh, security uh, procedures and precautions changed so that you'd have to – you couldn't take certain liquids onto planes. That's right. You couldn't take alcohol from um, – you know, from customs on the planes, you couldn't, uh, you had to put anything that was in the liquid in a, in a small little see-through plastic bag. Correct. Right? That's all started with... That was a ploy by the government only to to assuage the people so that they wouldn't have fear that they that, that, uh, people would think that the government had everything under control because now they could check for liquids and be able to find them. And let me tell you something, it wasn't liquids. All right. Mm. So therefore, therefore, uh, that was just a big scam by the government um, of America. And I don't know who else. That were, you know, did, did, probably you, Britain. did you receive any uh, response from the Department of Homeland, Sec Homeland Security? Uh, or no, no FBI agent. No, no. Nobody from uh, Homeland Security ever contacted me. However, I did get a response to my submission, which was done online. Uh, acknowledging the receipt of my message. But not only that, uh, the message specifically said, and you have a copy of it there, um, with the, the, the substances were X'd out, so you couldn't repeat those. Right. Because they're still classified. But the, um, um, uh, the Lord said, send it to the highest authority in the land, and he addressed, he addressed a letter, like a sample letter to President Bush. George Bush was president at the time in 2004, and I sent him a personal letter documenting the whole thing. So I'm sure he got the message. And it's time-stamped, and it is time-stamped, the message, so uh, oh, yeah, we so can verify that you sent it two years before. I can verify it sent. Okay, since that time, there was another message, and I have it here, and that's the next terrorist attack. By the way, um, there was another terrorist attack that I believe we also thwarted, and it was pretty obvious to me that... Uh, in 2010, uh, Osama bin Laden, 
was was I think he was at, before he uh, was killed. He had plans to attack uh, stadiums with dive bomber planes. All right, and this was out in the news. That came out, and, and it's I have the documentation that that they discovered his plans after they they um, went into his uh, you know hideaway in Pakistan and killed him. They took all the information that they could on the computers and everything else files, and they took it back, and, and uh, they found all this information. But prior to the Daytona Beach 500, um, Firecracker 500 in 2010, I guess it was, mm-hmm. um, the um, um, there was a two tape-recorded messages released by Osama bin Laden when he was still alive, and it was coded messages. And, I'm positive there were messages that had codes in them that I deciphered uh, that were telling the terror cells in Florida when to attack and to attack July 4th, the Firecracker 500. Um, Because, uh, don't forget, the Boston Marathon, they attacked the marathon in Boston, um, the Islamic terrorists, those two guys, at least there were two of them. We don't know about it anymore. But they um, they attacked the Boston Marathon on Patriots Day in Boston. That's a holiday in Boston. Patriots Day, and also it happened to be the anniversary of Independence Day in Israel. So they pick holidays to accentuate their um, terror on the land. Right. They pick our holidays. Sometimes they pick their holidays, like Ramadan or whatever, to plan an attack to plan their attacks. So getting back to the Firecracker 500, let me just turn to that. That's pretty key here. Okay, we've got about about two and a half minutes, Arnold. Okay, I'll try to be quick here. Um, it, let me find a safe recorded message. But you talked about global warming, which was strange for Obama, I mean, for Osama bin Laden to talk about uh, global warmings, and he, he referred to um, hurricanes and gases, um, and major corporations are responsible for global warming and the gases and, and the hurricanes are from the weather that's caused by global warming. And he referred to um, driving uh, um, and uh, finish with the fastest possible time. All of those are key words that deal with a race. Yes. Because the race, um, a race has to do with... Um, you know, finishing first, you know, in the best possible time, and you're driving, obviously, in a race car. So he was and, sending coded uh, messages to sleepers in Florida. That's actually right. And not only that, there was an airport. There is an airport right behind the Daytona Speedway, and that would have been so easy for them. By the way, they trained the pilots to attack, to fly into the Trade Center, the Twin Towers, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, and in an airport in Florida. So they did it again. They had carousels there. And the, before that, a police officer, uh, a Florida Highway Patrolman, had spotted four Islamic uh, men uh, photographing the speedway. And they arrested them, but they couldn't convict them, all right, because they didn't have anything more than they were just photographing the speedway. So they, again, they were casing the place. Just because we're, we're almost out of time here, Arnold, you sent, again, another warning to the FBI about a possible attack at the Daytona 500 speedway, and you believe it was thwarted as a result of your warning. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, they stopped it. And there hasn't been an attack using dive bomber planes, um, you know, um, at all. But I wouldn't put it past them to keep trying, you know. To, I mean, just just recently, they, you know, they they were planning to attack the stadium in in Paris, right, and in Germany, right, right. 
Right. So they haven't changed their plans. They just were going to use uh, um, bombers, you know, suicide bombers that had vests on. But um, if they could use planes, and of course, at back the time in 2010, with the airport right behind the, the fire, um, I mean, the, um, the Daytona Beach Speedway in Daytona Beach, they could have flown the planes right from there and right into the crowd. And the crowd's 160,000 people. And or imagine if they dropped bombs. You know? Absolute horror show. Listen, Arnold, we are out of time. Uh, give us a website. Um, well, the website would be arnoldbeiser.com. Um, that's the best place to reach me, A-R-N-L-L-D-B-E-I-Z-E-R.com, and um, also swordofthelord.org, swordofthelord.org, and um, either one would have all the information. Arnold, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Merry Christmas. You're welcome. Merry Christmas to you, Richard. All right, that's it for us. Thank you to Tim, uh, or I'm sorry, to uh, Ian, Ian, Ian Robertson and uh, Albert Vinzel, as always. And uh, in the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light, what I say in a whisper. Proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night.